The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. We're starting a series today about relationships, and I think this is, a, this is one of those series that's really important because uh, we all have relationships, right? How many of you have relationships in your life? Okay, some of you, I'm, I'm, we're going to have to have another series because you didn't raise your hand. Everybody has relationships, right? We all deal with relationships. In fact, something, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but you, you know, you have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with people you don't even realize you have a relationship. You have a relationship with the enemy. I'll, I'll show you that in the weeks ahead. But we have relationships. And, and the, the issue is how do we deal with these relationships? How do we deal with our marriage? How do we deal, how do we become who God's called us to be? Because here, here's what I want you to see in this series. I believe that God has called us to be relational bridges. That, that, that we connect with God through the relationship that he's made available to us. That we connect other people to the relationship they can have with God. And that even for some of you, we're going to talk about maybe some relationships in your life that it's time to let go of. Because they're hurting you. They're doing damage to you. So we're going to talk in this series about building, relation, bu- building relational bridges that, that endure the trials and the storms of life. We're going to talk about uh, becoming relational bridges that connect people to the things that really matter. Connect people to God. How we can be bridges connecting people to the right kind of stuff. And then how to, to burn those relational bridges that could be causing damage to us. could be keeping us from what God has for us. It's going to be a really good series, and I want to encourage you to be here every week. Do everything you can to be here every week, all right? Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm going to be here every week. I'm going to be a church. I'm going to be a doer of the Word. I'm going to be here, right? I'm committed to this, okay? Uh, all right, so I, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, um, I like to think about firsts. Like, I like to think about the people who did stuff first. My brain just kind of works this way sometimes. Like, for example, I'm not talking, like, when I say first, like, not necessarily like the guy who was the first person to land on the moon, you know, that's great, the guy who flew the first plane, whatever that is. I like to think of the more obscure first. Like, for example, let me give you some examples here. The first person to ever drink milk from an animal. Like, that fascinates me. Like, we don't even think about it, right? We're, this is very common to us. We just, we go get a carton of milk. We just, somebody was the first person to say, you know what? I'm going to drink from an animal. <laughs> right? That's crazy. And we, again, we don't even think about it, but somebody had to do that. Somebody was the first person to eat a kiwi. Again, you're looking at me like, why is that a big deal? Have you looked at a kiwi lately? It's got to be the weirdest looking thing on the planet. Like, it's, it's, it has fur on it. It's hairy. And we just eat them, right? I mean, because we know they're good. We've t- but somebody was the first person to look at that thing and go, all right, I'm going in. And they went for it. Uh, someone was the first person to be a pet owner, right? Again, this is just common. We, all, we have pets. Since the beginning of time, there's been animals around, and people have used them for work, and we eat animals, and we, we, we ride animals for transportation, things like that. But someone was the first person to look at some animal one day and say, you know what? That little furry thing sure is cute. I think I'm going to let it live in my home, and I'm going to take care of it. There you go. And then... Some really demented, demon-possessed, evil person came along, and they said, you know what? I'm going to let that cat live in my house. <laughs> first, we're talking about first, right? Me and Sarah were talking about this. Sarah is my wife. We were, we were talking about this week, some of these. And, and, and there's these home remedies that exist out there today 
And some of these are wild. Like, like you've, you've probably heard of this. If you put onions in your sock at night, if you're starting to get sick, you put onions in your sock. And somehow this is supposed to help you. We tried it with my kids one time, and their rooms just smelled like onions for like a month. No joke. I couldn't tell it did anything. But, but apparently it does something. Well, here's my question. <laughs> Who was the first person to figure this out? Like, was somebody just, honey, I'm not feeling good. Would you mind, I'm going to go to bed, would, would, go ahead and go cut me up an onion and shove it in my socks for me. I'm going to go hit the hay. Or Sarah was reminding me of this. There's this thing uh, that exists called mastitis. And if you're, anybody ever heard of mastitis? If you're, oh yeah, it's terrible, okay? If you're a, if you have a baby, you can get mastitis sometimes. And it, what it is, it's like a plugged, uh, plugged duck thing that happens in your, and so... <laughs> Uh, but it's very painful from what I understand. And, <laughs> because I don't know. I've never experienced it. Never breastfed before. But I, I'm, what I understand is very, very painful and not good. And so one of the cures for this is cabbage leaves. You put cabbage in your bra and, and it works. Like, so me and Sarah were talking about this. Like, how did someone figure this out? Like, was there just some poor lady that was in terrible pain and she's like I'll do anything give me some lettuce let's try that no that's not working essential oils now I said grab the cabbage it looks kind of like a bra already let's try that and it worked and so now men have been making 2 a.m. cabbage runs since the beginning right yeah first we're talking about first I, and I say all that because I was thinking this week about um, that, that someone was the first person to to build a bridge you know, bridges are something that's very common. Like, we, we experience bridges all the time. I'm sure today you've probably crossed some bridges. You didn't even realize it, but you've crossed bridges today. Maybe you, you're driving down the road and you crossed a little bridge that went over a little, a little body of water. Or you got on an on-ramp to get onto the highway or on an off-ramp to get off the highway. Or you, you went on an overpass. We have, we have bridges around us all the time. And I wonder where, you know, how this first started. Like, where these bridges came from. I imagine that maybe there was a group of people and, and they wanted to have relationship with another group of people that were maybe on the other side of like a, a big valley or some kind of a, a, a cliff or something. And they were tired of having to scale the walls of that cliff and go through it and climb up. And so they thought, well, maybe we could do something about this. Or maybe, maybe there was some kind of resource that people were trying to get to. Maybe there was some, some fruit or something that was on the other side of a body of water. And it was hard for people to trudge through that water and then get the fruit and bring it back to the other side. And so they thought, maybe we can do something. And so they, they came up with this idea, let's, let's bridge something, let's, let's build something that will bridge this, this gap, that will bridge this chasm or this problem so we can get to it more easily and get it back to us. And, and what, here's what I think God is doing. I, I believe in this series, God wants to bring us before some bridges, and wants to bring us to a place where we, we come in contact with some bridges that he's called us to cross or that he's call, called us to help create in people's life that can make a difference. God wants to build bridges. You know, bridges are so common. We even have like bridge idioms, bridge sayings that we all, we all hear from time to time. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, here's one. Um, we say stuff like, it's just water under the bridge, right? Just water under the bridge. What does that mean? It means, you know, that, that's in the past, I'm, I'm forgetting about that. I've, I've moved on. That's just water under the bridge. I, I'm past that, right? Or, or here's another one for you. Uh, I don't want to burn any bridges. You say, I don't want to burn any bridges. What does that mean? It means, well, 
I don't, you know, there, there may be a connection there that I want to keep, a relational connection or an opportunity that I don't want to miss out on. I don't want to burn in the future. So I, I don't want to burn any bridges. I want to be careful not to, to mess that up. Here's another one. Uh, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Here, here's what that one means. It means I'm living in the now. I'm living in this moment. And I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'll, I'll deal with that when I get to that. But right now I'm here and I'm not going to worry about that. I'll cross that, that bridge when I come to it. If, if you're taking notes this morning, write that down. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I think that's important for us to, to see today. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. What, what, do I do? what if he never asks me to marry him? Well, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Or, or what if that, that job opportunity, what if it never works out? What if I can't raise the, the money? Or, or what if the business fails? Well, I guess, I guess I'll just cross that bridge when I come to it. What if, what if, you know, the weather's bad? What if we can't, we miss our flight or we miss our connection? Well, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. And here's the idea. It's, I'm going to put that off until I come to that. And again, what I believe God's saying to us today, and I believe what we're going to see in this series is we're coming to a bridge. And, and today, what I want to share with you as we jump into this series, before we get into talking about uh, building relationships and becoming relationships and burning relationships, I want to talk about what it means to belong to the relationship that God's called us to. What it means to belong to Jesus Christ. What the opportunity is in front of us. As I I got ready to to start planning this series about relationships, I felt like God brought me back to the gospel message. And just wanted to remind me, and I think he wants to remind you today, the incredible opportunity that we're afforded because of what Jesus has done. And so today, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with looking at how we can belong to Jesus, what that really looks like. And I, my hope is this. My hope is if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, you're going to walk away from today having a greater understanding of what Jesus has done for you and how amazing it is and recognizing your role in the days ahead and helping other people to cross a bridge that's, that they've come to. And, and today, if, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've never made him the Lord of your life and truly surrendered yourself to him, my desire, my hope is that you would cross that bridge that you've come to today and step into what God has for you. So we're going to have a lot of fun in this series. But I think one of the most fascinating things to me in the world is this idea. I I, I truly think this is the coolest thing that exists in this world is the idea that we can have a relationship with God. And not only that, that God wants to have a relationship with us. Like, have you ever thought about that? God wants to have a relationship with you. Even if you're a mess this morning, God wants to have a relationship with you. That's, that's mind-boggling. Like, it really is. In fact, if you really start to think about the Word of God, if I was to summarize in one word what, what the Bible is all about, what Jesus is all about, I think it's relationship. I think that would be the word I would use. I think a lot of people think it's the word re- religion or rules or rituals. But no, no, it's relationship. In fact, at, at New Song Church, we have a saying. We say we want to help people know God. Because that's what we believe God's called us to, to, to have is, is not a, a religion, but a relationship. God doesn't want you to have an information ship with him. He wants you to have a relationship with him where you don't just know info about him like he's some kind of historical figure, but that you actually walk with him and, and live a life connected to him in life. That's, that's what God's called us to. That's amazing to me. And that's available to each and every one of us. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. The problem is this thing called sin. And sin is a real thing, and it really does exist in this world. And some people don't like to talk about sin. 
because we all deal with sin. We all face sin. In fact, the Bible says it this way. In, in Romans 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. In fact, turn to the person beside you and say, You've sinned. The Bible says we've all sinned. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We fumble the ball, right? We make mistakes. We mess up. We have, we have prejudices and we have pride that we walk in and we have impure thoughts and we tell lies and we, we do things that, that, that fall short of what God's called us to do. We, we miss the mark. That's really what it means to sin is you miss the mark. You miss what God's called you to do. And the problem with this sin issue is this. The Bible says this in Isaiah 59 verse 2. But your iniquities, that means your sins. It's another way of saying sins. Your iniquities have separated you from your God. So they've separated us from God. They keep us from having a connection with God. Your sins have hidden His face from you. So our sin, it gets in the way of us having this relationship with God. And we all kind of know this. We, we all realize this. Whether you recognize it for what it is or not, you know it. And here's why. Because you were born and created to have a relationship with God. There's something inside of you that longs for this connection to God, that longs to be close to God, that longs to know Him. God made you that way. He made you to desire to be connected with Him. And so when you don't have that, we search for ways to get to that. We search for meaning. We search for things that will help us to feel right. And, and it's out of this that we have the different faith systems, the different religions that exist in the world today. It, these religions, these faith systems are these, these things designed to try to connect us to God. In fact, I'd say it like this. All religions outside of biblical Christianity are a bridge-building contest from man's side to God's side. That's what they are. They're these colossal construction projects where we're trying to build a bridge from our human side to the divine side. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to earn our way into God's favor. Maybe if I just... If I work hard enough, if I put my, you know, I'm going to put on my tool belt and I'm going to get on this, this bike and this stationary bike and I'm going to pedal as hard as I can and I'm going to jump through every hoop and I'm going to do all these things and, and I'm going to try to win myself into, into God's favor. Maybe if I work hard enough, maybe, just maybe, I can get myself from here to God. But the problem is you can't. Because your best efforts on your best day fall very short of perfection. You can't reach perfection. And, and understand this, that's what God requires. Not because he's mean, but because he is perfection. God's perfect and holy. And he can't have interaction with something that's not. He can't. So, so even on your best days and your best attempts, you can't get yourself to a place where you're connected with God the way you want to. In fact, the Bible says it like this in Isaiah 64, verse 6. It says, we, we are all infected and impure with sin. Now look at this. When we display our righteous deeds, in other words, when we try to do our best, our best efforts, look at what it says. They are nothing but filthy rags. I, I want to encourage you this week to look up those, that word, those two words, filthy rags, there. I, I don't even want to say what it actually means because it's that dirty and that gross. And here's what God is saying. Your best efforts in your, on your best day is, are disgusting and it's not that God's trying to be mean. It's just that God is perfect and holy. And, and, and we're not. You say, but Josh, you don't understand. Like, I'm really sincere in this. I'm really trying my best. I'm, I'm giving it my best effort. I'm really trying hard. I'm, this is my absolute best. That's, that's all well and good. But listen, it's still not enough. Because on your best days, with your best efforts, your efforts are going to file, are going to fall billions of miles short of perfection. 
You can't get yourself to God on your own because you're not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But here's the good news. See, the gospel is good news, right? That's what gospel means. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. And here's the good news. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Look at this with me. It says, He, that's talking about God, He made Him, Him is Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Jesus never sinned, right? He never made a mistake, never did a thing wrong in His life. But when He went to the cross, He took on all the sins of mankind, past, present, and future. All of those sins. He became sin. All the sin of the world was laid on Him at the cross, was crucified with Him at the cross. Why? So that we might become, look at what we can become because of Him, the righteousness of God in Him. Our righteousness may not matter a hill of beans, but the righteousness of God is enough to get you connected to God. Here, here's the point. Jesus built a bridge. Jesus built a bridge. Jesus is the bridge. Jesus made a way. So that you could connect to God. See, Jesus did this. He made it where our, it's not about our efforts trying to get to God. It's about Jesus becoming a bridge that we can receive and walk over so we can now get to God through him. But it's not our effort. It's, it's in what he has done. And biblical Christianity is not about us building this bridge to him. It's about receiving the bridge that God built for us. God looked at us in our mess. He looked at us in the middle of our sin and he said, I'm going to help. So what did he do? He came up with a plan, a strategy to help us to get saved from this mess. And through his son Jesus and through the cross, God built a bridge. And Jesus is a bridge that's available for me and you. Now, to understand this fully, you need to understand a word, okay? If you're taking notes, write this word down. It's an English word. Uh, but it comes from ancient history. Uh, in fact, we're going to look at this in Scripture, but it's the word intercession, intercession. Write that word down. Uh, if you're like me, I was raised in church, and, and when I hear the word intercession, I always kind of had this idea of what intercession was. If you were raised in church, you probably heard of a thing called intercessory prayer. Anybody ever heard of that before, intercessory prayer? And it is a real thing, and so that's what I thought intercession meant. When you read intercession, I thought it was these... Basically, here's what I thought it was. I thought it was really long prayers. Like there are people who are intercessory prayer people, and they can pray for a really long time and like get it in prayer, right? You ever met somebody that can just get it in prayer? My mom can get it in prayer. Like if you need prayer, you go to my mom. She will pray for you, right? And so I thought that's what intercessory prayer was. And, and so since I thought that's what it was, I thought, well, that's not really, you know, intercession. That's not something I have. Because I'll just be real with you, I am a bottom line kind of person, like cut to the chase, get to the point, like that's me. In fact, I think there's two kinds of people that exist in this world, there's, there's beat around the bush people, and there's bottom line people, and if you're not sure which one you are, <laughs> you're a beat around the bush person, okay? <laughs> bottom line people, we like to get to the point, and that's kind of how, that's how like I even am in prayer. When I pray, it's like, okay, God, here's the problem, fix it. In Jesus' name, amen. Like, that's how I pray. I kind of, I get to the point. It doesn't mean I don't pray for a while, but I, that's just, I, I don't, it's just how I roll. So when I would hear about intercessory prayer, about intercession, I just kind of went there and I thought, well, that's just not something that, that matters to me or that's a big deal to me. But what I want you to see today is that intercession is actually a powerful thing that, that Jesus does on our behalf. And it's not just a prayer, it's something much more than that, okay? So let me show you a couple of verses. Turn to Romans 8. Romans 8, if you have your Bible, look at this with me. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up here on the screen with me. But it says this, He, or who is He who condemned us? Uh, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, 
who is even at the right hand of God, who also, look at this, makes intercession for us. So, so here's what Jesus does. Jesus is at the right hand of God. He's, he's seated at the right hand of God. The fact that he's seated means he's done. Like he's done his thing and he is sitting down and he's seated at the right hand of God. But, he, but, but look what he's doing. He's making intercession for us. And I used to always just think that Jesus is up there at the right hand of God praying. And it's not, it's not just that though. I want you to see this. Okay, but look at this other verse. This is Hebrews 7, verse 25. It's this, it says, therefore, he is also able to save the uttermost, those who come to God through him. He can save us. Look at what it says. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. He lives to make intercession for us. Okay, so, so here's what these verses tell me. Jesus is at the right hand of God, and he lives to make intercession for us. So is he just praying for us? No. Now, inter- intercession can be prayer, but... but but prayer is not just intercession. Like, that's not all it is. In the same way that, that faith, right? There's a prayer of faith that we can pray, right? But we all know that faith is not just prayer. It, prayer is a, or faith is an action, right? James says that, that faith without action is dead. So, so faith is an action. And listen, intercession is an action as well. It's an activity. In fact, let me show you this definition. This is intercession. It's the act or the action of bringing two parties together. It's bringing two parties together. So, so, so here's what it is. Bringing two parties together. There's some kind of gap, and there's a bridge that connects these things. All right? Now, let me, let me show you this in, in Scripture. There's a, there's a word in the Old Testament. You know, Old Testament was written in, the, in Hebrew. And there's a word in the Old Testament called paga. That means, that means intercession. And we see it. It's 46 times in the Old Testament we see this verse and there's a few times that it's actually the word intercession. And there's other times that this word paga is used, but it's used with other meanings. And when we understand these other ways it's used, it helps us to, to grasp this idea of what Jesus is really doing for you. Okay, so let me show you this. Uh, look at Joshua chapter 17, verse 10. This verse is talking about uh, the promised land that the Israelites are going to occupy. And it's talking about how the land is going to be divided up. And it uses this word here. Look at this. Uh, southward, it was Ephraim's. And northward, it was Manasseh's, and the sea is his border, and they met together. If you have a Bible, uh, underline that, circle that, highlight that. They met together in Asher on the north and in Issachar on the east. Now, that's one of those verses that you read, and it's kind of like, whatever, dude, right? <laughs> but there's actually something that you, that you can pull out of this. It's really Im- impressive here. Okay, so it's talking about this land and, and how this, the land sits but it talks about where the land meets, where it connects. And, and it says three words. It says, they met together. They met together. Those three words, they met together, are the Hebrew word, paga, which means intercession. In other words, it's a place where things connect together. There's another English word that we use sometimes. You've said this, I'm sure, many times in your life. Sounds a lot like intercession, and it means very similar to what intercession is all about. It's the word intersection, Intersection. What's an intersection? It's where two roads come together, where two paths connect, where two directions come together. And here's what intercession is. Intercession, uh, godly intercession, is when our way intersects with God's way. It's when our way intersects with God's way. Remember, we said Jesus always uh, is at the right hand of God making intercession. Here's what he's doing. He's making a way so that our way can connect with God's way. 
He's working, he's praying, he's believing for us and, and making it possible so that we can have a connection with God. He's done that work in the past and he continues to, to pray and to intercede and to make a way so that our way can connect with God's way. He makes that way available to each and every one of us. Let me show you another verse in this. Joshua 19, verse 11. And their borders went up toward the sea and Marala reached to Dabasheth. If you're looking for baby names, here's some good ones. And, re- and reached to the river that is before Jachnaim. Jachnaim. David Cayley, there you go. Jachnaim Terry, there you go. Your little baby. <laughs> but it says there, it says two times, it says reached to, reached to. That, those words reached to is the Hebrew word paga. Now here, here's what I want you to see. Uh, when we couldn't reach to God, God reached to us. God brought an intersection to us so that we could connect with God. And Jesus is that bridge that makes it possible for us to connect with God. You guys follow me this morning? Let me, sh- let me show you a couple more verses on this. Old Testament verses, because I want you to see this in this Old Testament, and, and these words again. This, these, are, these, are, these, these verses I'm about to read you, these are verses that are prophesying about the Messiah who was to come, prophesying about Jesus. A long time before Jesus came, these verses speak to what he's coming to do. And in these verses, we see paga, and it's interpreted as intercession. Look at this with me. Isaiah 59, verse 16 says, He saw that there was no man. There was no man. This is talking about Jesus. And wondered that there was no intercessor. In other words, there was no one that could build a bridge between man and God. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him. And his own righteousness it sustained him. Here's what this verse is saying. God looked down and he said, there's no way that those people can connect with me. There's no way. So what did he do? He sent his right arm. His right arm. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. He sent his right arm to come to this world to make intercession, to make it possible, to build a bridge, to bring an intersection to your life so that your ways could connect with God's ways. That's talking about the Messiah. Let me show you another one. This is a messianic uh, chapter. This is Isaiah 53. This entire chapter, the whole thing is just prophesying and talking about the Messiah, talking about Jesus who was to come. Verse 12, it says, Therefore I will divide him, this is talking about Jesus, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he will divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. It's talking about how Jesus was going to go to the cross. He was going to die. And he was numbered with the transgressors. Remember we said Jesus took on all the sins of the world? He was numbered. He, he took a place with all the sinners. He hung between two sinners on the cross and died a sinner's death. He bore the sin of many. And look at this. Made intercession for the transgressors. Those transgressors, that's me and you. He made intercession. He made it possible Jesus made a bridge that transgressors could walk across so that we could get from this side to the divine side, so that we could connect with God and have relationship with God. Isn't this incredible? That's what Jesus makes available to you. Intercession is not just a prayer. It's a, it's a path. It's a bridge that's available that Jesus has made available to us in our life. Jesus brings our way into intersection with God's way, makes it possible for us to connect with God. Our path would never cross God's path in a billion years unless it's through Jesus. Jesus made it possible. And here's what he did. So here's what Jesus did. He came down to this earth and he stepped into this chasm. He stepped into that gap. That gap is is the gap that we deserve to fall into. 
It's, it's death, hell, and the grave. That's what we all deserve. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Jesus came to the earth and he took on wages that he didn't deserve. He stepped into that chasm. He stepped into death, hell, and the grave. And, and then he was resurrected from it. And as, his, and as being resurrected as our Lord and Savior, he made it possible for there to be a bridge that now covers that gap so that we can walk over and we don't have to step into death, hell, and the grave because he is the great bridge that leads us to the Father. Amen. Isn't that good? That's what's available. That's the bridge. Jesus is our bridge. And now because of him, we can, we can choose to cross over to God. We can have a connection with God. And it's not about your work. It's not about your effort. It's not about your deeds. In fact, the Bible says it this way in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. It's by his grace. That means it's his unmerited favor. It means you didn't earn it. It's available because Jesus made it available made it available. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. It's not about you building the bridge. It's about you receiving the bridge that Jesus has built for you. It's about you walking across the bridge that's been made available. It's about what Jesus did, not about what you do. And that's good news. Now, it doesn't mean we don't try to live a life as, that's holy and live a life that's pleasing to God. We do that in response to the goodness of God, but we don't do that to earn the goodness of God. The goodness of God's already been earned. And you need to get this because here's the reality that we all face. Every one of us in here, we face a reality that someday you're gonna die. Welcome to New Song Church. Right? But it's true. We, we are. I, I checked the stats right before I came out. 100% still statistics. People die, right? We're going to die. And yet we, we have a hard time with this. I was talking to a pastor friend one day, uh, an older uh, gentleman, and he was talking about weddings and funerals, and we were kind of talking through some of these things. And he was talking about how at funerals, we, we've kind of created in the world that we live in today, we've created this way to distance ourselves from death. Like today, Someone you know, if they die, like there's a lot of people that take care of a lot of the details of that for you. The hospitals get the body to the funeral homes, and the funeral homes take care of the preparing of the body and put it in a casket and dig the hole and all this. A hundred and something years ago, someone died in your life. You had to deal with that. You had to go dig a hole and put your loved one in that hole and cover them up with dirt. And when you did it, you had to come face to face with the reality that death is a real thing and, and, and it's something that we all have to deal with. And, and we find ourselves, I think sometimes we're so surprised by death because we've kind of created this world for ourselves where we don't have a lot of interaction with it. And so we, we put it off into this distant thing. But listen, death is something we all have to face. And the truth for me and you today is this. You're really not ready to live until you're ready to die. You're really not ready to live until you're ready to die. Are you ready to die today? Because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. In other words, the, the compensation for our conduct in sin is condemnation. In other words, what we deserve is death, hell, and the grave. That's what we deserve. And outside of Jesus, that's what we get. And that's a real reality that every one of us is going to have to deal with. And God saw that and he said, I, I can't have that. I love them too much to let that be the case. So he sent his son into this world to take on those wages that we deserved, to build a bridge so that we could be free from sin. Jesus is our bridge. And listen, he's not just a bridge, he's the bridge. Jesus said it like this in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way and the truth 
and the life. Notice it says, I am the way. Notice what it doesn't say. I am one of many ways. Does it say that? Does it say that? No, it doesn't. Does it say, I am a way? No translation says it like that. I am the way. The way. The only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. Everybody say no one. No one. Say it like you mean it. No one. No one. no one comes to the Father except through me. No one. No one. It's all got to go through Jesus. No group of people. No one. It all has to go through Jesus. Jesus is the way. I, I was thinking about that this week. You know, if there was another way, why would Jesus die on the cross? <laughs> Like, really, if there were all these other ways you could get to heaven outside of Jesus, then why on earth would God's Son put himself through that? I mean, we know in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sat there questioning if there's another way. And yet he said, not my will, but yours be done. He went and died because it was the only way. And it's still the only way through Jesus. You know, I, I have a phone that I carry with me. Most people do in this day and age. We all have phone numbers, cell phones. And, and with my phone, I have a 10-digit number. And that is the way to connect with me through my phone. And it's the only way. And, and in the same way, uh, I think sometimes we, we think maybe there's another way to get to God. It, it, here's how I'd liken it. It's like saying, I'm going to call you, but I don't know your number. But I'm just going to pick up the phone and start dialing until I get it. Like, that's a lot of numbers, people. There's 10 digits, and there's, there's nine possible opportunities for every one of those. I mean, it, the, the, it's, it's to think that, that could po like you could possibly hit the right numbers is ridiculous. And yet, that's even, the odds of doing that are greater than the odds of getting to heaven outside of Jesus Christ. Because there is no other way. This is the way. Jesus is the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. And what I, I think we, where we find ourselves today is here. Okay, we talked about this at the beginning of the message. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. We, sometimes we put off this idea. I'll cross that bridge. Someday I'll get there. Someday when it, I'll, I'll make that decision. Listen, I want you to know today you've come to it. You've come to the bridge. And it's time to cross the bridge. And, and maybe you haven't wanted to cross the bridge because you're afraid of what that can mean. You're afraid of what that's going to call. But here's what I'm here to tell you. This bridge, crossing this bridge, is the greatest thing you could ever do. You know, when Jesus, when he went into that chasm, that gap, and, and, and died on the cross for our sins, he was resurrected. And, and when he was resurrected, it was the greatest outpouring of God's power that's ever been experienced in this world. What he did to come back, he had to defeat death, hell, and the grave. And he rose from the dead, right? And the Bible tells us this. It says that the same power that raised Christ Jesus for the from the dead, lives in you, and it's available to you. And so this is one of the beautiful things about crossing the bridge, is when you cross this bridge, it empowers you to have that same kind of power at work in your life to resurrect the dead areas of your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, man, my, my marriage is dead. It's dead. There's no way it could be resurrected. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you and has the power to resurrect whatever relational issues you may be dealing with. Maybe you're here today and you say, um, I, I, I've made too many mistakes. This, this addiction that I have in my life, this, this immoral behavior that I continue to, to, to walk in, this toxicity that I have in relationships, it's, it's causing all this death and I, I, I can't overcome it. Listen, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. 
Maybe you're here today and you say, my dreams are dead. I'm too old. My, my prime is behind me. It's, I, I, can't, I, can't, I didn't fulfill what I know God called me to do and I never will. Listen, listen. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is alive and, and available for you today. It's available. You can step into it. This is available for each and every one of you. It's all available, but here's the deal. You have to make the choice. You have to choose that you've come to the bridge and it's time to walk across it. And you have to choose to live a life saying, God, every day I'm going to cross that bridge. Every day I'm going I'm to build my life on the foundation of the gospel message of Jesus Christ at work in me. Every day I'm going to live this way. I'm going to cross that bridge. I've come to it, and I'm coming to it every day, and I'm going to walk it, and I'm going to live there. I'm going to stay there. But you have to make that choice. See, God, he gave you the choice. He did everything except make the choice for you because you're not a puppet, you're not a muppet, and you're not a robot, right? So you have to make the choice. When you make that choice, you step into the greatest relationship you'll ever have. It's available for me and you. As I close this morning, I want to read you a story that I think speaks to this idea. It's a beautiful story from, that I read this week. After World War II, the United States allocated funds for orphans in Europe. At one of the orphanages, a very old and thin man brought in a very uh, frail, thin little girl. He said, I would like for you to take care of my little girl, please. They asked if she was his daughter, and when he said yes, they told him, that they were very sorry, but it was against their policy to take care of children who had living parents. He stated that he had been in prison and was very sick and was too old to be able to work and take care of his daughter and make sure she was fed and had the things that she would need. He said, if you don't take care of her, if you don't bring her in, she will die. They felt compassion for the man and his daughter, and they apologized and said to him, our policy is our policy. We're sorry. Our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. The man then said, you mean if I were to die, you would take care of my little girl, care for her, and she would have food and clothes and a home? They said yes. The father picked up his little girl, hugged her, kissed her, and then put her hand in the hand of the man at the desk and said to him, I will arrange it. He then walked out of the orphanage and hung himself. Here's the reason I tell you that story today. Because I believe that this story points to what Jesus did for us. Jesus was in heaven one day, and he went to his father, and he said, you mean if I die, then they can live and be connected to you? And God the Father looked at him and said, yes. And so Jesus stepped down from heaven. He came down to this earth, and he hung himself on a cross. No one took his life. He laid down his life. He hung himself on a cross. He was buried in a tomb for three days, and then he was resurrected. And in doing so, he took your hand, and he placed it in the hand of the Father and made it possible for you to have a home with God and have a home with God here and someday in eternity. It's a powerful thing that Jesus has done for us. My friends, you've come to the bridge. You've come to the bridge. All of us have come to the bridge. It's time to cross the bridge. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here this morning, well, let me, let me say this first. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning in this message? If you're new to, to New Song Church, uh, let me say it another way. What do you feel like God is saying to you right now? 
maybe you're new to, to completely new to the things of God, I'll, I'll say it like this. What are you thinking right now? That's how God speaks to us. It's, it's in our thoughts. What's God saying to you today in this message? I know there's some of you in here that you've maybe never made that, that decision, taken that step to step into relationship with God, to cross that bridge. And you know today, you know right now, you've come to the bridge. And it's time to quit messing around. It's time to quit playing with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. It's time to really go for it and really make a decision that I'm going to cross that bridge and I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, I'd love to pray for you. And as a church, here, here's what I'd like for us to do. I'd like for all of us, everyone in here, to make a commitment that we recognize that there are bridges that we're going to come up and against in the next few weeks, opportunities that God has placed before us, bridges with our children that we're raising in our homes, bridges with the people that we work with, bridges in our marriages, bridges that God has called us to make bridges and build bridges to help connect people to what really matters, and that is Jesus Christ. And so today, I would call for all of us as a church to commit to take a step onto that bridge every day, to live with this gospel message in front of us. Jesus did the greatest, has given us the greatest gift of all time. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. We've all come to it. We've all come to it. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have before, but you know you're far from God today. You feel that gap. You feel that, that chasm is between you and God, like you're far from God today. Today's the day to walk the bridge. If that's you today, I'd love to pray for you this morning. In fact, if that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come forward or anything like that. I just want you to make an acknowledgement before me. The Bible says, if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. That's what Jesus said. I want you to just make a little acknowledgement to me. Let me see your hand. And, and by raising your hand, here's what you're saying. I'm, I'm committing my life to, to God. I'm walking the bridge today. If that's you this morning, be bold about it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you lift up your hand right now? One, two, three, put your hand up. If that's you, you want to make the decision to follow God, to, make, to, to build your life on the bridge of Jesus Christ, to walk that bridge. If that's you, go ahead and raise up your hand. All right, let's do this. Everyone, would you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. We're going to make a commitment this morning. And here's what, I'm, here's what I want to invite you to do. I want you to put out your hands like this. Kind of put them out in front of you. When I, when I was a little kid, I'd, sometimes I'd go help my dad bring in uh, firewood. And so I'd go out and he'd make me put my hands out like this. And then he'd put a bunch of wood into my hands. And this, he'd, he'd hand it to me this way. And, and, and so here's what we're doing. is we put our hands out like this, here's what we're saying. We're expecting God to hand us something, to give us something. You're expecting God to do something in you right now. So with your hands out like this, I, I want to pray a prayer over all of us. And, and as I pray this prayer, I want you to repeat it. And maybe for you today, you're praying this prayer and you're walking the bridge. This is the first time you're stepping into the newness of life that Jesus has for you. Or maybe today in this prayer, you're just committing yourself to God like never before. So if you would, your hands out like this, let's pray this together. Say, Dear God, I admit the obvious. I've messed up. I've sinned. There's a distance between me and you. I believe you sent Jesus to be the bridge, to die on the cross for my junk, for my mistakes, for my sins. And right now, I turn to you and receive the new life that you offer me. I thank you for power washing my soul, 
forgiving me of my sins, cleansing me. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.